Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Shepard. I'm joined by Monica Monsoon. What's on the horizon forecast-wise? Ooh, sunny skies. <laughs> sunny skies. Smooth sailing. <laughs> we had a ding, ding, ding about sailing. This is the third time we've talked about sailing in the last 24 hours. Which is three more times than we've talked about in the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> Should also be noted. If anyone's watched the Netflix admissions scandal documentary we learn of the stanford sailing coach and then monica said they have a sailing team like i thought you you meant rowing right but you didn't <laughs> you were right in saying sailing and then i started to think like that's a thing that's a team and then it became is it in the olympics and i said i kind of think it is and i was like i don't know <laughs> and then we interviewed someone today who had been in the olympics and they said that they befriended a sailing competitor. Exactly. And we had a major dingles. Major, major dingles. <laughs> Double dingles. Today, we're going to talk with Rachel Bilson. Rachel Bilson, of course, came to great notoriety in the OC. She was also the star of Heart of Dixie and Jumper. And she has a new podcast called Welcome to the OC, Bitches. <laughs> do you like great my delivery name. of that or should I do it? Try not to take two. Sure, try take two. Welcome to the OC, Bitches. I like oh, both. A, you like both. Okay. You want to try one? Welcome to the OC, bitches. Ooh, that has some stank on it. Thank I think you. we're going to go with that one. Okay. Listen, join the original OC Bitches friends and co-stars Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark for a trip back to the early 2000s. Zip up your juicy couture tracksuit and grab a seat by the pool while they deliver the ultimate OC rewatch podcast. This was a ton of fun. Please enjoy Rachel Bilson. We are supported by Taco Bell. Ooh. Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy, and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, yeah, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all-new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow-roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. He's an Monica. I'm in Georgia. I'm home with the family. Oh, that's nice. It's so nice. I haven't been here since 2019, which is 
rare. You're not next to Dex. <laughs> yes, I am in a storage closet. Well, yeah, um, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am at home. I converted my closet into my office. <laughs> so this is normally all shoes behind me. <laughs> oh, man. I wish it was still shoes. So I know. I, can... I thought about it, but I'm like, is that a little like excessive obnoxious for people to just see how many? It's a problem. Oh, my God. Actually, Nicole once was like... <laughs> When Rachel gets rid of her shoes, I'll give them to you. Are you a size five? Yes. (gasps) No one is a size five. Exactly. She was like, she has the small feet like you and you're the only other person. I'm definitely, you are who I'm going to come to. Because no one, it's literally like, okay, children or Monica. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm going to have to do. (laughs) Yay. That's awesome. What happened? What are you guys doing? She's going to give me some of her amazing shoes. Yeah, we both have little feet. Oh, from shoe mint? I was telling Monica that this is usually full of shoes, my shelves behind me, because I'm in my closet. We're going to get into your incredible flair for fashion. Um, <laughs> but before we do, I guess my first question is, why are you coming for us? Why are you taking aim at us? You're launching a podcast to compete with us. Oh. We're friends. <laughs> You're going to bring you, the Jack. full brunt of the OC. We don't have shit. We don't have an IP to help us. <laughs> and I just want to know why. Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> because you know I like to torture you. Only the people. Yeah. Only the people I like the most. <laughs> <laughs> so full disclosure, we know each other in real life. Yes, we do. Somehow via Kristen, obviously. Yes. <laughs> And maybe, oh, through Nicole, maybe, Nicole. right? Nicole. I introduced Kristen to Nicole. Right. So this is a lovely story. So you meet <laughs> Nicole Chavez on the OC. She yeah. is a costumer at the time. Yes. And she is now hands down the biggest designer and stylist in the world. Well, I shouldn't say designer. <laughs> She's the biggest stylist in the world. Well, she has definitely made a name for herself because... Obviously, she has impeccable taste. And when she was on the OC, she's like, I want to try styling. So I was her first sort of whatever. I was the sample. (laughs) You were the laboratory? I was the laboratory. And then (laughs) Kristen, I was like, oh, my God. I feel like we were at like some in-style Golden Globe party or something. And I think I have a picture of it. Hold on, hold on. I think you're dressing it up. It was most certainly a CW event because you were both on CW. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make us fancy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, You guys are... Golden Globe, no. But you look at the outfits that we're both wearing. I think it was maybe the first thing Nicole dressed me in. And I was like, Kristen, if you want to, I have this awesome friend who's a stylist. And that's how it all blossomed. Oh, wow. that, that's very Amy Polar of you to, to bring your friends up with well, you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm so self-centered. I would have met this other challenging person and I would have said, well, the last thing I want her to be looking is cute on red carpet. So let's <laughs> let's advise her to only wear Carhartts. <laughs> hey, that's actually a pretty cool fashion statement in itself. Oh, you don't have to tell me, girl. I, I have many a Carhartt overall. I don't doubt it. I do not doubt it. <laughs> so we've come to know each other. We've been around each other at like social events and whatnot. Well, one time in particular, I remember, which was at Josh Schwartz's house. Yes. He has a beautiful house, not far from both of our houses. Yes. And he had some kind of shindig, and I went as Kristen's plus one, and you were there. Also, your mom was there. I met Janice. Yeah, Janice was there. So Janice is a smoke show. Oh, my God. She's going to be so thrilled. She's so hot. She's like she's a good um, number. She's a good piece, I got to say. Then I learn in fast order, this gal is not just a sex therapist. But she is a tantric sex expert. Oh, Lord. Oh, wow. 
Well, she, you know, she dabbles in that area, I'll say. Oh, I know I have she rejected, does. I have rejected all information that she likes to share <laughs> as her daughter. I'm like, please. I mean, the night after I lost my virginity, I was very young, and my mom sits me down. I swear to God, she's also psychic, and is like, let's have the sex talk. Now, did he pleasure you? I'm like, oh my God. I'm oh like a God. teenager. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like sweating in every area possible. But you know, now looking at it, like this is the movement. This is exactly what's been denied <laughs> she was of way women ahead throughout of the movement, clearly. Yeah. Okay, so we have this so in common. My mom is so open about sex with me. <laughs> my father was insanely open about sex with me, but at least he was a dude and I didn't have to imagine. <laughs> him in the way that I have to imagine my mother. I mean, just recently, she's a widow now of two years. She's got on the dating scene. Yeah, she called me like elated, floating on a pink cloud because she had gotten plowed the night before and just <laughs> it, it, and was really satisfied with it. <laughs> and just shared that. <laughs> and I was so happy for her. But yeah, but she inevitably starts giving me like details. And I'm like, you know, I got it, man. This was a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. Let's just leave it there. That's really healthy, though, I think, for parents to be able to speak to their kids about this. I think you really yeah. benefit. And it's an open topic. So when you have to experience it yourself, at least you're safe. You kind of know what's going on and you can talk yeah. about it. I think it's huge. Oh, I'm so into it. Now, I have two daughters, so I'm now in the camp of like my mom. So I'll, I'll probably try to have like open conversations and it'll, it'll probably mortify them. Maybe in a few uh, years. Well, we'll see. We'll see we'll how see. it goes. We'll see what comes up at dinner. Hold your daughter. She's six. Se six? Yeah. And she must have at this point asked you some sex questions and stuff. So the other day in the car, she's like, Mom, where do babies come from? And I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, she's six. So you're like, I can't really talk about a penis entering a woman's vagina. I mean, I could, but you're six mm -hmm. and that's probably horrifying. And she's like, I know it's like a dad and a mom. And then I was like contemplating do i go into like the science of it like you don't have to have a dad and a mom and like you can just <laughs> sure. make a baby in a lab and it becomes this like elaborate scientific experiment and maybe that's the way to go um, <laughs> so romantic <laughs> luckily yeah. luckily she got distracted by us talking about pop tarts or something so i got to like move on just send her to her grandma that's also a little concerning because i'm like do i want her like when they're doing a yoga move in kindergarten her to do like a tantric yoga move and then wow. be like what is that because <laughs> that could also that could also oh, happen get those chakras uh, wide open those are talked about very often Let's have your mom on. You oh, should. honestly, oh, let's do it. She would love. Are you kidding? If you think I've been inappropriate in this interview, wait till you hear oh, how geez. I'm going to speak to your mother. <laughs> she will love it and be up mm. for all of it. Well, when I was talking to her in the backyard of that party, I was like, oh, I met my match. Like, this gal's not going to ever blush. No. Uh, I'll definitely take my foot off the gas before Absolutely. she does. Fully get into it. No problem. <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> thrilling. Okay, back to the kids really quick. Yes. Kristen has this great thing. I don't know where she picked this up, but instead of even saying the man puts his penis in the vagina and then he uh, right. sends his sperm up to the ovum, <laughs> she says, which is just so cool, the woman puts the man's penis in her vagina. Love that. So you're like starting with this notion that you're in charge you're of this. You're in control. This isn't like, yeah. Yeah. And That's I'm amazing. Like, I love right. that. It's really cool. But you can't even get to the ejaculation part. And they're already like, they're so bored with, yeah. they heard penis, vagina, those were scientific, and then they're out. Any story, just make it really long so you don't ever have to get to the bottom of it right. is really the key to parenting. <laughs> now, I've actually brought this up on the show many times. Monica, you'll remember that I've said this. 
every now and then we'll interview someone that has like some aspect that I would find very intimidating if I were single. I'm trying to think, Monica, who we were just talking to, some female guest. And I said, like, are, are men afraid of you? Oh, oh. Um, Emily Morse. Oh, uh, yeah. Sex therapist. Yes. And she said, yeah, yeah, guys are a little nervous. So I remember telling you at that party, hey, just a pro tip. Don't ever tell anyone your mom's a tantric sex expert because whatever guy that hears that is going to panic. I mean, most guys are wrestling already with like, how long can they last? Oh, it's already right, a thing. Right. And then you I'll go, oh, like, my mom, my oh, mom taught me. A, <laughs> yeah, I should you're just supposed have to a disclaimer. Like I never listened or learned anything. So you're good. <laughs> I pulled you aside and I was like, listen, just leave that part out when you're talking about mom. And I do I think, think that's you know, wise advice. I do. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Hey, at least they're not having sex with her. That's the real intimidating factor. Were a lot of boys, like when you were younger, kind of hot for your mom? Uh, that's a good question. Oh, no. We lost. Monica. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, my girlfriend in junior high, Randy Hamina. Her mother was so beautiful. And I would go over to Randy's house for our like daytime hangs that we were allowed to have in junior high. And I would spend the entire time in the kitchen talking to her mom about like appliances and stuff. I would talk to her about anything and I would like brush up on appliances. I knew she liked that. Yeah, I was so smitten with her. That is so cute. Did she ever know? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> You're like, I put in all that effort. <laughs> okay, so I wish Monica was here for this. You're now a record setter on the podcast. What? You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Like we had Jason Ritter on, and Ritter, of course, famously is the son of John Ritter, so he was second generation. But come to find out, he actually was third generation because his grandfather was this like kind of country actor guy. Oh, cool. uh, in his own right, was quite popular. So it was like third generation. And then reading about you today, I was like, oh my god, you're fourth generation. I we certainly never interviewed anyone that like four generations of show business. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. My great grandparents came to Hollywood and my great grandfather was the head of the trailer department at RKO Pictures. So it goes pretty far back. And your great grandmother was a screenwriter. Yeah, actually got things made. Mm -hmm. She wrote screenplays. That couldn't have been popular back then. No, definitely not. It was not a place for a woman, so to speak. So pretty big deal. Yeah. And then your grandfather was a producer and director of Get Smart. Yeah, he directed a lot of classics. He won his Emmy for Get Smart. But yeah, he did all those shows. You know, the Andy Griffith show. He did a few Brady Bunch, Mary Tyler Moore. Just So, I mean, that part's pretty neat. How often would you see that granddad? I saw him quite a bit growing up. You know, he still lives in Studio City where he's always lived, you know, in the Oh, valley. he's still alive. Yeah, he's still, he's still alive. He's 91, maybe. Well, good for him and you. Yeah. Okay, Monica, I'm going to bring you up to speed. I was just letting Rachel know that she is now the record holder on Armchair Expert as the person who's been the most generations in show business. So beating Jason Ritter, who was three generations, if you remember. Yeah. And Rachel is four. Her great-grandmother was a screenwriter and her oh great-grandfather was a worked for RKO. Her granddad directed Get Smart. Oh, my God. All right, now we're going to get to Dad. Dad <laughs> wrote The Rocketeer. That's right. You have done your homework. I'm pretty <laughs> impressed. That's incredible, Rachel. You're downplaying it, but it's almost impossible for any one generation to make a living in this business. And then for four growing up where anyone you would have looked above you was in this occupation. So I kind of wonder... Does that demystify it or does it heighten the need to succeed in it? 
I think it definitely demystifies it. Like for me, it was going to my dad's work was going to set. And my friends and I in sixth grade would go and hang out in the trailer, get our hair done, go to craft service, obviously, was the best thing ever. As much candy as possible. And that was my experience. It was just, I'm just going to go to my dad's work and it's fun and it's cool and there's things about it. But it definitely was like just kind of how life was growing up. So getting put into it, it wasn't like, oh my God, like this crazy world that you don't know what it's like or what to expect. I was a little more comfortable. That is so comforting to me as the dad of two daughters who, yeah, go to set and then I'm constantly like, are they getting more interested in this or less interested? And I do believe it's less interested. When you say Monica, they're not into it. I mean, they're fine, but it's not exciting. Like you said, you know, like a bunch of the pod kids went to see a live taping of one of our other friends shows. Yeah. And like a kid show. Yeah, kid show. Mm -hmm. And Lincoln was just like, she went, but you could tell she was just like, it was normal to her. And for everyone else, they're like, this is so exciting. Sure. Until hour six of the experience. Yeah, then everyone was like, we hate this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just take a kid to like one taping of anything and they're like, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, take anybody to a set. It's my favorite thing to do is like have someone visit from Michigan who's so excited to come to a set. (laughs) They are blown away for 11 minutes and then they're like, okay. Yeah. Wow. So this is a boring fucking job, huh? Most of the day you're just watching people light a scene. That's right. (laughs) Isn't it great? (laughs) <laughs> now, not only were your parents in it, but also you were going to Notre Dame. Yes. So your peers are also like in it. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst was there with me and she was already working, already kissed Brad Pitt. And, you know. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, I know. Wait, did they kiss in that movie? Yeah, she was like 11. Or no, <gasps> yeah, Brad Pitt. Wasn't it? Yes. Brad Pitt and Tom. Oh, Isn't that yeah. interview with the vampire? Yes, yes it yes. is. Tristan or something. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. No, no. Oh my god. I, I no, no, no. I thought the vampire's name was Tristan. Oh, oh no. That's Legends but that's of the his Fall, name from Dad. Legends Get of the Brad Fall. Pitt I know. Right. Don't oh ever fucking challenge me to a Brad Pitt off. Okay. <laughs> but hold on, let's back up. Because okay. I remember okay. watching that movie. And of course, in the movie, Kirsten Monica is playing like a hundred year old vampire. But she's a child. Yes. Right, right, right. In real life, she's a child, Monica. <laughs> she and- kisses them. I don't remember this. She definitely kissed Brad Pitt. Oh, oh I mean, okay, that, okay, I mean, okay. We got to really get into this for a second. I mean, I feel like this is in a lot of interviews oh. with her where she has to talk about how it was <laughs> to kiss Brad Pitt. Oh, it she was, was 11. 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Also, that does not age great. No. That, that's not great right now in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great look. It's not a great, <laughs> great look. It's not a great but look. But we're not blaming Brad, obviously. No. This almost goes into this week's episode of 270, Monica, where it's like my best friend Aaron, when he was 10, was in karate and he had to fight a girl. His his opponent was a girl. Oh, wow. So you got to like, you got to respect her by trying to kick her ass. But it's it's, it's just a terrible setup. So, you know, what's Brad supposed to do? He this actress. She wants to be taken seriously. It's all a mess. Oh, my God. You're right, though, because I watched that and I was like, oh, he's a hundred year old vampire. Nothing to see here. Sure. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Totally normal. Just a run-of-the-mill 11-year-old, 100-year-old vampire kissing the sexiest man in the world. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Have you been having this lately? Monica and I have been just swirling in it. It's like almost everything we consume now is shining a light on how bonkers it was five seconds ago. So did you watch the Britney Spears doc? No, but I've heard about it and how gnarly it is. You have to watch it. I'm going to. I want to watch it. 
Well, first they show a clip of Ed McMahon when she she was on Star Search. When, what was she, Monica? Six, seven, like eight? seven or something. Yeah. And here's the conversation, Rachel. Do you have a boyfriend? <gasps> no. Why not? I don't like boys. They're mean. What about me? I'm not mean. <gasps> Can I be your boyfriend? This what? is a fucking 70-year-old grandpa. What? And, hey, I probably would have said the same dumb thing in 1980. Oh. Well, everything has been so brought to light so to speak. And you're just like, holy shit. Like, how did people get away with so much of that for so long? I'm almost grateful I was present because like, if I were born now and I watched, I'd be like, they were crazy. Right. But I was there and none of that stuff seemed weird. And then they keep showing clips of like the late night talk show hosts mm -hmm. who are making jokes at their expense. But the jokes are, I mean, they're so misogynistic and fucking evil or in interviews. They're at, you know, some 50-year-old guy's like, well, you know, Brittany, I've got to ask, are your breasts real? <gasps> are you a virgin? It's so funny because this came up recently, and I thought about all the things I watched as a kid. I was big into musicals, right? And then I'm thinking back on some of these. I don't know if you guys know this one, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It's basically about seven brothers kidnapping women, sure. causing an avalanche so no one can get to them, mm. trap them. And they fall in love and they like get married at the end. You know what I mean? And I'm like, maybe yeah. that's why I have so many issues with men. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know? Stockholm syndrome. That's a play about Stockholm syndrome. Basically. And I'm like, is that what I was raised with? I'm like waiting for someone to just come and steal me, you know? And like, yeah, yeah. but it, it, it's true because I know that's obviously way further back, those musicals and those movies back then. But thinking no. about it now, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and again, this stuff that's in the Britney doc, I mean, you were active. You know, you were being interviewed. I'm sure if you went yeah. through, you probably just, it's like white noise, but I guarantee if we got every clip of every interview you did, especially when you were like a sex symbol in the OC and you were young, I bet you got asked the craziest shit and have just forgotten. There was no filter, no awareness, so I'm sure there's just a bunch of shit out there that's incredibly inappropriate. I even did photo shoots that are incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> like, just like... <laughs> If any woman at that time had been ahead of their time and had the wherewithal to be like, hey, this is kind of crazy for you to ask me that. You're not asking him that. Right. Then they would be a bitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ungrateful. Totally. If you were a strong yeah. woman, you were like thought of as aggressive. Yeah. I remember the argument, Monica, because some women did do that. And they said, oh, fuck you. You want to be a sex symbol and you want us to pay money for you to be sexy and now all of a sudden you don't want to talk about being sexy? Fuck you. Like, that was the attitude. Like, you signed yeah. up for this. You want to be a sex symbol and this is what comes with it. Right. But it didn't come with that for guys. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. it sure didn't. If that was a true principle we all believed in, it would have been happening to Timberlake in every interview. Right. You got your yeah. dick wet yet, you little pansy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that wasn't happening. How big's your dick? I got to ask, the women want to know, how big is your dick? Hey, JT, yeah. we love the new single. How long do you last in bed? <laughs> Have you met Janice? She will expect you to last 14 hours. Good luck with the LB. These are the questions women really want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. For what sure. What the hell were we talking about? Oh, your school. Yeah, oh, right, who oh, I went to yes. school with. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Kirsten kissing. <laughs> Fucking wow. I'm still kind of spinning from that. I mean, I am jealous. I don't want to be jealous, but I, know. I am. Everyone is. Even though she's 11, you're still jealous. I know. <laughs> I know. Guys, it's a complicated world. It's complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. She's a victim and a victor. 
I would never let that happen to someone, and I'd kill to have been her. (laughs) Okay, I want to ask you one salacious question. Uh Uh-huh. So another uh, one of your classmates at Notre Dame was Romney Malik. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, he's a twin as well. Is he a twin? Okay, I need you to help me. Sure. First of all, I loved iRobot. So I have immense respect for his talent. Yeah. And then I met him. I think I met him. I met him at one of the, not a CW party. He actually was like... (laughs) Well, I know Efron, who played Pedro in Vote for Pedro. Oh, Napoleon Napoleon Dino. Yes, okay. Yes, so Efron, he has an identical twin, and the identical twin did cruise through Hollywood as Efron all the time. So it's really cool for the brother who doesn't have to go to work but can just be famous. It's awesome. (laughs) They don't look enough alike to do that. I mean, they do. Oh, they don't. But there were enough differences to definitely tell them apart. Now, I'm a little disadvantaged because I had never met him in real life. I'd only seen him on iRobot. So again, it it. probably was him. But it did cross my mind. Is this his brother? (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to come right out with it. Yeah. It was one of the weirdest conversations I've ever had. And I kept thinking the whole time, what is happening in this conversation? Is he A, truly this unique? Or is he B, is he building a mystique about himself? Right. is he navigating the world with building this mystique? And I guess I was just wondering, in high school, what kind of kid was he? Okay, I have a funny story for you. So Rami okay. was a good friend of mine. Like, we were all- Oh, this, he was? Yeah, we were the oh. same crew. We did The Crucible together senior year. We were the leads oh. in it together. Like, all these things, right? We kind of kept in contact a little bit. So obviously, he gets super famous. And he's always been extremely talented. A really mm. amazing actor, even in high school. Yeah. He's a phenom. I mean, he really is. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. super talented. I had posted a throwback of us from our senior trip to New York Broadway. We're super like nerdy, like just, you know, the dorkiest picture of both of us. But I throw it up because it's funny. And I think it's so important to be able to make fun of yourself. Mm-hmm. And he had like a gold chain. And I'm like, Rami, where'd you get the gold chain? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, I'm just being funny. We were good friends. I don't usually check my DMs on my Instagram, you know, and like maybe a week goes by and I actually look and I have a message from Rami, but it wasn't like, Hey, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. It was like straight to, I would really appreciate if you take that down. I'm a really private person. And I was like, Oh "Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. Okay." Like I get like really hot. I like start sweating and I'm like, (laughs) like all nervous. Like, Oh my God, like, what did I do? You know? And because he was like a good friend of mine and it's a funny picture and yeah. You know, I don't take myself it's that seriously. Fun. Yeah. By the way, I'd be flattered to have been in a photo with you on this trip. Like well, it's thank flattering. You, Dex. Yeah. I guess he didn't like the picture of himself and I'm friends okay, with sure. his stylist and she was like, "Well, it's not a great picture of him." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, like I'm sorry. from high school. We were 16." There aren't great pictures from, from high school. Yeah. yeah and it was even... if you see someone's high school picture and it is flattering. Oh my god. Like, you don't want that. You don't you want, want that. it to look. Yeah. I had some weird chola thing going on. I mean, it, it was just oh. it, it was what it was. <laughs> And yeah, I was like, yeah. you know, we're just going to accept it. But it was right before the Oscars. And I remember Josh Schwartz oh, being God. like, you did him dirty. He's about to be. No-. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you like, did him dirty. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like, this was my friend. It's a funny picture. And I was like, well, I guess I should have mm-hmm. found something more flattering. I don't know. Uh, you know? 
Oh, God. But I removed it. And I even wrote to him like a really nice message. Like, I'm so sorry. Go get the Oscar. Like, you, you're doing amazing. You know, and I never hear anything yeah. back, which is no. Fine. No one was in blackface in the photo, right? It's no, not like I a mean, career. It was like as if someone was. Like, that was definitely right. how it felt. But I was super bummed because he was always so nice and we were good friends. And I was just like, I'm a big fan of not taking yourself seriously, especially at that level of fame and talent. But look, he wants to be super respected. It's his thing. So I respected it. I took it down. I was just a little bummed at how it was handled. I'll have to show you the picture. I guarantee I'll find it adorable. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's adorable. And the gold chain, it's in fashion now. He was ahead of the time. (laughs) Nicole loves gold. Nicole loves gold. (laughs) She does. She brought it back. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Taco Bell. Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy, and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all-new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is Mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow-roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. We are supported by Wayfair. Home should be your happy place, a space where you can relax and just enjoy yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Whether you want the ultimate man cave, a cozy Victorian-inspired nook for reading, an area for family movie night filled with all things retro, or something else. And if you need help creating that space, I recommend Wayfair. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas to dining tables, beds, rugs, wall art, and more. I bought a KitchenAid... Mixer? Mixer on Wayfair. You can really get anything on there. And I'm helping a friend redo his living room and we just you're just on way for nonstop. yep yeah it's one-stop shop it is they have fast free shipping they have everything you need for your home inside and out they have a huge selection of home goods and a variety of styles whatever you're into wayfair is the go-to destination to help bring your vision to life every style is welcome in the waberhood visit wayfair.com or get the wayfair mobile app that's w-a-y-f-a-i-r.com Wayfair, every style, every home. Okay, so now we're getting into OC, which of course is what the topic of your new podcast is, which has a great title called Welcome to the OC, Bitches. (laughs) Solid title. Thank you. Who came up with that title? I believe it was I, and Josh signed off on it. He's like, that's the only one you can do. Oh, good, 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 good. There's a neat barometer to judge how people are on set. One of the big tells of how someone is to work with is if people continue to work with them forever. Like, that's the number one for me. Like, well, that person can't be an asshole because they keep, you know. And, of course, you have this great relationship with Josh Schwartz, who created the OC. And so I immediately, that informed me, like, oh, you're great to have on a cast. Because why would he deal with it ever again if he didn't have to? <laughs> well, thanks for saying that. Josh is like my brother. I think maybe it goes back to growing up the way I did and just always being professional. Because my dad would always say to me, do your job and do it well. Because it's your job. Yeah. So I don't take it for granted. And I just like to consider everybody involved. Crew, 
the whole thing. So I really always do try my best to continually be grateful and professional because there's no point. You know, you work with some people that are just assholes and yeah. what, and you're just like, but why? It all comes from, I believe, insecurity, especially like I've seen it in lead people. I'll say I won't, you know, gender, whatever. Guys, yeah. <laughs> but just <laughs> comes from insecurity. Like it's how they feel more validated and in control, in control for sure. You know, the voids yeah. that are inside them and that's how it comes out. And it's unfortunate because a lot yeah. of these people are really talented, but it does stem from that. Yeah. I did a movie with a, an older, I think several Academy Awards actor, a hero. Mm -hmm. And he had like three or four volcanic meltdowns. And at first I was just like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting this. But I saw the pattern and the pattern actually was, it was always the day before he would have a day of like tons of dialogue. And he was older. It was unexcusable. The behavior was totally unexcusable. But I realized, oh man, He's afraid. Tomorrow's scary for him to memorize three pages of monologue. And he's letting the director know, like, if I get it, fucking I got it. You know, like, he's scared. And he's trying to set some weird boundary where, like, hey, if I get it, man, that's that. And again, it's, it's totally inexcusable. But at least I saw where it was coming from. It wasn't right. just, like, inexplicable. Right. Okay, so are you 22 when you get the OC? I was 21 when I got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So you can drink with the cast. Yeah, yeah because I didn't do that before. <laughs> no, I I'm ashamed that I don't know more about the OC because I guarantee I would love it because I was obsessed <laughs> with Beverly Hills 90210. I mean, it was just, it was my life. But you weren't originally a cast member, right? You weren't cast as like the main group initially. Right. I was a guest star, I think for like the first eight episodes, I want to say. But Josh just liked what I was doing with the character, really liked the Seth Summer dynamic, that's Adam Brody's character and myself, and just went with it because he liked what was happening. I think he said I had him at one, a line I had that was like, I gotta pee, you gotta pee? And he was like, okay, like, she's cast, she's good. <laughs> uh-huh. It's kind of the best thing that can happen, right? Because you, as a yeah. guest star, you're like, well, this will end. I'm, I'm like proceeding as if this will end. And then they find out, oh my God. It's so rare that that happens. Yeah, and you don't have to, like, test, which is when, you know, you go in front of all of the bigwigs at the network and, and you have to audition for them, too, and it's totally nerve-wracking, and I think a lot of mm. people choke. I know I would. So I got to skip that step, yeah. which was super lucky because nice. I definitely wouldn't have gotten it if I had to do that. It's so nerve-wracking. But, yeah, and so I, it was it was great. I mean, obviously, I couldn't have asked for anything better and for it to just keep growing and progressing the way it did. Yeah, so it was like an overnight phenomenon. It was like Beverly Hills 90210. It was like in the zeitgeist. It was on, yeah, everyone was on covers of magazines and stuff. That's a tremendous amount of attention to get at 21. Did you feel like better set up to deal with that, having been around this stuff so much? You know, it is interesting. Like Misha was 16, okay? Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I think I kind of got a lot out of my system early growing up in LA. So um, I wasn't at the clubs falling out of the cars, pantyless. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but it was a little different for me. And I was in a relationship during the show, which I think also helped. With me, Adam or a different Yeah, with Adam. Kept okay. me at home playing mm -hmm. board games and watching really great TV like Jeopardy. We did go out, but it was just a different thing. Yeah, there was like stability within There was that stability chaos. and I did grow up kind of fast did all the stuff a little early, so they yeah. both were working in my favor. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but we are in love with Adam. Yeah. 
He was on your show, right? Yeah. Yes. I think he's so talented. Yeah. He's super talented. He was super cute. He was like kind of a, I don't know. as they say. Yeah, but I I like him because his interests are so eclectic and he's so knowledgeable on so many things. And I mean, I got to direct him in chips and just like the things you could give him and what he could do with it. Like in one second was like probably my favorite person I've ever directed. I just love him. So I'm sad you're not married. I guess that's a the long way what to say. What you're trying to get at is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do a lot of double dating if you guys were married. Yeah, we probably would. I should just find yeah. someone that we could double date with. I think that's the goal here. Okay, well, let's put that out into the ether and we'll see what we <laughs> see put what the lure in the water. That's <laughs> the real reason for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, Brody's so cool. I mean, he really could do anything with the material and just make it his own. And his choices were always so smart. And I really admired that. And I think working with him that young really helped me acting Uh wise because I was working opposite him and it made me grow tremendously. Well, I bet what you saw in him was a confidence that allowed him to be loose. Like a freedom. It was a freedom to kind of make it your own, not be afraid to choose improv, whatever it is. It made it so much more comfortable to like try things and just do it and be whatever you want to be. I remember even a really stupid, insignificant example for me was being on Parenthood like year one. And I was walking with Joy through a like store and like normally prior to that job, I would have been thinking like, oh, what do they want? They want this emotional thing, blah, blah, blah. And I just had the moment to go. I've never walked through a store where I walked by those little squishy balls where I didn't grab one and then juggle it the rest of the time (laughs) I was at the store. Right. And just because I wasn't so focused on what they wanted and I actually had a second to think how I walked through a store, right. like I did that. So even if I'm saying the words exactly, I've actually just thought like, what do I do when I walk through a store? Yeah. Not what do they want me to do when I walk through a store? Yeah, but that's so smart. And then you're, it's also a better performance because it's more natural and it's like you're doing well, what yeah, you Well, yeah, I'm concentrating so hard on not dropping the ball. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes but all then- about the ball. <laughs> Yeah, but then you're not so focused on the words, then usually, I think, for me anyways, it's a better performance. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, how quickly into shooting that did you and Brody start dating? It wasn't immediate. He had a girlfriend. I think I was dating someone Mm -hmm. first few months, (laughs) definitely within the first season. Because it went four seasons and you guys were together for three years. So did you guys break up on the show? And (laughs) if so, what on earth is that experience like? We broke up at the very end. So there wasn't much after the breakup. We did get married after we broke up on the show, which was, you know, that's always (laughs) fun. (laughs) That feels like they did that to you on purpose. Totally. That was like the only scene left to shoot was the wedding. Mm. (laughs) Like, oh, you broke up? Let's give you a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that was definitely at the end. But, you know, we still got along really well. I had so much and still do love and respect for Adam. And we went through so much together being so young and everything with the shows. And I'm so happy for him with his family and his beautiful wife and oh, kids and yeah, everything. Yeah, She's lovely. No disrespect to her when I want you guys to be married. But that, no, I know they that. live in fucking Topanga, so I will never yeah. see them ever, 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 ever unless we work together. <laughs> but you, you live in Los Feliz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a better fit for my lifestyle. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's just logistically <laughs> geographically convenient. <laughs> So your new podcast, Bitches. Yep, OC Bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches. You and your friend who was on the show. Yes, she played right? Misha's mom, Julie Cooper, a.k.a. Melinda Clark, is doing it Melinda with me. Melinda Clark. Yes. 
she's so awesome and was always so cool. And we kind of both started off as the OC bitches, like our characters and everything. And I uh-huh. thought it would just be so fun to recap them all with her. She's so entertaining and just really, really cool. Yeah. So yeah, I asked her and and we are very excited. <laughs> you will talk about a specific episode per episode, yeah? Yeah, so it is a rewatch based podcast but we'll definitely talk about everything we've done one so far and basically catching up shooting the shit talking about behind the scenes stuff but there is one episode in particular we're supposed to cover <laughs> now what is your experience i was just talking to oh on monday monica one of the guests i was saying to them i noticed chips came up on hbo max like they've added it and i saw it there and it, the amount of fear i had looking at the poster i was like I know better than to ever watch this movie again as long as I live because I have a memory of what the movie is. Okay. And I don't want to fuck with that memory. I love the memory of what it is because I was one time in Europe and the only thing that was on TV in English was punked. I watched oh about eight God. minutes of it and I was like, oh my goodness, this isn't anything what I remember oh it was. God, and I'm like, and I don't. some parenthood, right? I haven't. I want to, really? but I'm I'm also oh nervous because I remember that as being great. I get. It. I mean, going back and watching is. The, the OC, I was sobbing basically because what life was then, and being that young and not knowing what it what it is now and like what it's gonna be and the fashion, it was just like horrifying. No, it was just <laughs> like it was really interesting to kind of go back and see yourself in that time and not have mm. a crazy a reaction. You know, emotional reaction, yeah. especially after the year we've had and just being like, holy fuck, <laughs> things sure yeah. are Yeah, You had yeah. such a community and you were with those people, what, nine months of the year, 12 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And now least. you're all by yourself and for I'm 24 all by hours a day. With a six-year-old teaching kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Life's a little It took a turn. It took a, it took a sharp turn. Sharp <laughs> turn uphill. A- <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's just like, oh my God this little person that knows nothing. It is so weird even for anyone. Like, you know, I'm home and I'm in my childhood bedroom and like looking at pictures and there's like cheerleading stuff. And I and it is so strange to look at it and think like that person doesn't know what's about to happen. Right. And to like get back into that headspace of like, oh my gosh, it's very mind fucky to be like, that person doesn't know what's about to happen. I right now don't know what's about to happen in the future like time machine weird shit like yeah just that's basically what's happening you in your bedroom me watching the show it's just like it's the same idea you're just like wow that person had no idea and monica at the risk of making you sound self-congratulatory which i don't want to do but when you're looking at that cute little gal from georgia from duluth in the cheerleading outfit Mm -hmm. are you proud of her Yeah, I am. I am. But that's not the resounding feeling. It's weird. I think that should be the resounding feeling. Right. But it's more like, oh, life is so crazy. And you don't know where it's going to go and where it's going to take you. And it's it's exciting. But there's a there's a fear there. That person had so many dreams. And then she did all these like you almost separated as you can see her as a different thing. And yeah. you can watch the movie of it a little bit. And it, and to know there's more coming. Another movie that I don't know yet. You know, it's like, oh, God, what's that going to be? Right. More like 
Anticipatory anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it gives me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope it's not a year of seclusion with a six-year-old. Sorry, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me just tell you one thing to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been uh, all right. Now, Rachel, what has your anxiety level been throughout your career? Is it been helpful that you, again, had three generations of people that never did starve having picked this career? Because I know most of my friends who are in this business who have moved here from somewhere else and feel like they got incredibly lucky as I do, you also have this healthy fear of like, oh, the ride's going to be over. Like there's just too much luck involved. Have you avoided that? You know, some ex-boyfriends have called this a problem that I'm kind of like floating in a bubble, so to speak. And I'm like, okay, uh. <laughs> but it's just because like, I'm not like dark and anxious or like negative <laughs> or something. I don't know. But I try not to get wrapped up in what's going to happen. And it's hard. It's a practice. Like it's really hard to stay present. But with my mom, as you know, <laughs> raising yeah. me, uh, aside from tantric sex, you know, just being present <laughs> and in the moment <laughs> has been a big thing as well. So I try to just be like, oh, you know, good attitude. I definitely practice trying to stay present and not worry. This is a totally inappropriate question, but I, and Go I'm going to ask it and Monica can cut it. But would you hear your mother in like in the throes sex. of these sessions, like these <laughs> long, long, like it's one thing to hear your parents fucking like we've all heard it, but it's over quickly. You're like, oh, this is gross, but it'll be over quickly. But if you hear your mom rev up, it could be hours <laughs> all night long. I'm sorry. I got to get over this tantric sex thing. My parents divorced when I was nine. So she was a single mom. So a lot of that wasn't brought well, into the home. I thought you were asking if when Rachel was having sex, if she could like hear her mom's like instruction oh. in her head, oh. like if her head was <laughs> filled with. Oh my God. I, think I went on a talk show once and I think I brought up cunnilingus and I called it that because my mom does. And I think it was Wendy Williams and she cut it because she was so horrified that I said that oh word. God. And I was like, That's but isn't that uh, like the proper way to say it? Yeah. Like maybe she's like, why it. are you talking about it? <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't think I'd ever say this, but I'm going to have to side with Wendy on this. Only in that it's one of the few medical versions of it that sounds way grosser than any of the. <laughs> I don't think that was her problem with it, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It was just like the idea of a dude going down on a girl was just like, well, was the say, Wendy Williams daytime show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's but like, just ask that. But yeah, if you say like, oh, this person went down on this person, you're like, oh, that sounds fun. If you say this person committed <laughs> cunnilingus on this person, Ooh, it sounds well, like... Committed. Sounds like a murder. <laughs> Her yeah. vagina was murdered, like brutally. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like a, a procedure happened. <laughs> yeah. How did that go over? <laughs> okay, now here's another fun thing. And again, I kind of flatter myself into saying I was a part of it, but there isn't really any proof of it. But it did all happen at the same time. So I was shooting Baby Mama in New York, and I was there for like three months, and I had been in some tabloid photos. So it was like if you were in any way investigating, it would be clear I was in New York, okay? Mm -hmm. So my house was broken into and robbed. Now, I then learned your house was broken into. I knew that part. I didn't know multiple times. Multiple times? Five times. Not only that, I read that one of the robbers said they got so comfortable they pooped in my bathroom. <gasps> no. Which was... A million times worse than stealing my designer purses. I was like, I'm never going back in this house. I'm never oh seeing No, but like, what? that's what they said. Like, really, that's what you want to like divulge to Vanity Fair that you took a shit? Like, what is happening here? Oh my goodness, Rachel. That was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, thank you. Thank though. you. 
That was not in my notes, and that is by far my favorite part <laughs> well, of this. Well, that's the best part of the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. We were watching that gruesome docu-series about the East Bay Strangler, Golden Street. You know, oh, yeah. he, what was the on Netflix? Was it the Netflix one? That I think so. It, it, he had like three or four names. I don't know. Yeah. Golden State Killer. Golden State Killer. Yeah, and his jam was kind of like tie people up and then just relax, eat some food, cook some stuff. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Oh my yeah. god, people are fucking weird. And and think like that's the thing they're getting off on. Like I would be panicked in that situation. Like I gotta do whatever weird thing I gotta do, and I gotta do it on a time clock because the cops are gonna show up. And this person was like, this no, no, like, what no, is? I'm gonna get out a paper. I'm gonna sit, <laughs> plop right down. <laughs> Now, this is relevant, I think, that there are men and women involved in the bling ring, yeah? I believe so, yeah. So is it the female that shit in your house or a yeah, male? Yeah, it was the female. I, no shame. I would pick that. Is that of what course. you would pick? Yeah, yeah. Of course it's the girl. <laughs> I mean, the guys don't give a shit. They're like, they, you know what I mean? That's nothing to them. But this girl was like, you know, I'm going to fucking poop. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like this girl. I mean, I hate no, to say it. No, <laughs> no. No? Okay. We don't okay. like her. Okay. <laughs> All right, so here's how I felt about it. Yeah. I'm also a guy, right? And I own a gun, and I have been in a lot of fights. So the threat level for me wasn't triggered. Like, I wasn't worried someone was going to come hurt me, which is drastically different for you, obviously. But when I discovered it, I guess my first thought was like, I'm glad they didn't trash my house. Like, they stole shit. That's a bummer. But I'm glad I'm not replacing, like, windows, and they didn't tear everything apart. And I was out of town, and it clearly happened, like, a month ago, so it was, like, long over. But for you, it was really scary, right? You know what? It was until I found out that it was a group of kids who just were going around stealing designer shit or expensive, whatever it was. It was like, okay. At least it's not some crazy, like, serial killer wanting to kill me and stab me like with some my cursed and done obsessed like, with Brad Pitt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it made it a little more comforting, for lack of a better word. Like, these kids were just like, oh, I like how you dress. I'm like, okay, am I flattered or <laughs> am I right, upset? So, <laughs> thank you and fuck you. Yeah, thank you but and were you fuck home? you. No, I was in Canada oh. at the time. Apparently, my door was unlocked something really stupid you know like and uh, they just kept wow. walking in so nothing was broken just like you yeah. nothing wow. looked amiss <laughs> mm -hmm. um, just everything was gone but it also taught me to not have any sort of attachment to material things but at that point yeah you had a really extensive cool you're super into fashion right so you had a ton of neat clothing yeah i was really into the collection i had a lot of it was those designer bags and shoes and monica like we talked about who the fuck is going to wear these shoes who was buying these? Yeah, were they selling them or were they wearing them? Well, nothing was ever recovered. Yeah. I got a terrible hunch that every morning when this lady had to evacuate, she put on a pair of your shoes and went into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> went to the bathroom. I think it's a part of a whole shit twisted thing. <laughs> I mean, she probably shit in one or two of the oh, shoes. Wow. <laughs> she just really made, she went and ran with it. <laughs> now, you weren't ever like at court or anything, right? You never saw these people in real life. No. Did I go to a police station once? Maybe. That's kind of vaguely familiar. You know, I never had to see them. And then there was well, a movie made about them that I never watched because I was like, eh, let's not glorify this, you know? Like, I'm over yeah. it, but, like, let's not glorify it. Did Sophia make that movie? Yeah, she did, which was kind of surprising, yeah. but I didn't see it. So in all fairness, I don't know what it was about, really. Herein lies the complicated part about life is, like, when you know somebody, it's one thing. And then, like, looking at it from the outside, if I live in, I'm back in Michigan, and I hear that, I can almost frame it as, like, this punk rock thing where these people were like, we're going to just go through people's shit. Like, 
And then, of course, if I know a human being and I personally was robbed, then it's like, oh, it's not very punk rock. It's just it's annoying and it's not cool. But I can see why Sophia would be drawn to that because it's, it's just a story. like anarchy. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. And nothing against her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really, really interesting commentary on that moment in time, which is, well, am I right in that they were picking people that they knew were out of town from tabloids? Isn't that part of it? I think so. I mean, I think it was pre-Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. So they couldn't just go on and see, but you could tell, you could see paparazzi photos of people going to the airport and know that they're out of town. Yeah. So I think that was definitely part of it. It was like 07 or 08, I think, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. But it is a weird comment on the culture at that point. Yeah, that like people are getting tracked. I think a lot of people were like, oh, duh. Yeah, that's a great way to To track someone. Yeah, I remember at the time, paparazzi was such a big thing then in particular, you Mm -hmm. know, with all the Britney stuff, everything. Like I remembered being in Los Feliz and being followed by numerous. I know it still is a thing now, but at that time, pre-Instagram. Right, because there wasn't Instagram and all those things. So it definitely was heightened, I feel like. In some ways, Instagram has kind of in a one of the positive things about it is it's taken the allure out like, you know, celebrities are posting. They're giving away their personal lives. It's in their control, you know, exactly. Same with the kids stuff, you know, and the whole thing that I stand with you guys as well. It's like I don't show my kid, you know, you have that choice. Obviously, if a paparazzi gets it, it's different, but. You can control those things with social media, which is really nice. Yeah, well, what it really did is it destroyed the marketplace. So, like, why am I going to buy a photo of Britney for a million dollars when I can watch her currently dancing in her house? Exactly. Just dancing, (laughs) twirling in her foyer. She's giving us something much better than this paparazzi's ever going (laughs) to get. Right, right. So there's just no value to it. And then... Yeah, you were a part, and we thank you for that. You were an early member of our No Kid Policy Coalition. For sure. And we kind of ruined the marketplace for that. Like, we got enough places to commit to not buying them that they then became valueless, and it kind of worked. I Knock on wood, I would hate for that to come back, but... No, I know, but I always love what you guys say and what Kristen says. It's like, they didn't choose. Like, they don't have the choice, and so I just think that's a great mentality. They didn't choose to be put in this position. Right. People would say that when we started it out, there was a lot of the, um, oh, get over yourself. You're so lucky and rich, which is all true. You chose this. I'm like, I did. And it's annoying, but I can accept it. But they did not. (laughs) And no one else is paying for the sins of their parents in America. That's not our system. No. (laughs) You can't jail the son of some crook. That's not what we do. Right. Right. No, that's totally true. Okay. Now I just want to stop on one movie, which is Jumper, which I absolutely fucking loved. It was so good. Did you go all over the world or was it all CGI? No, we we did travel a lot. I didn't go as many places as Hayden and Jamie Bell did. Like they did Tokyo. I don't think I shot there, but we went to Italy. We shot and we actually shot in the Coliseum, which was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Like the sun was coming up and we're inside the Coliseum and you're just like, holy fuck, like this is insane. Yeah. And working with a director like Doug Lyman, who is so creative and just, we were on the flight to Rome, I was fast asleep, not even in my wardrobe as a character, like no makeup, whatever. I'm passed out, probably drooling the whole thing. <laughs> I wake up to his like red camera in my face. Oh, wow. <laughs> grabbing some footage. Yeah, <laughs> grabbing some footage and like, okay, you're just on the plane. And I just go with it, you know, and I, f- I forget maybe <gasps> part of it was used or not, but that's just how it was working with him. That's fun. Yeah, it was totally fun. 
Um, and it was a great experience. We did our press junket at the pyramids in Egypt. It was just this crazy, oh wow, super cool experience that you know I'll never forget. Okay, now one follow-up question I have to that is, I once dated a gal and she had been married and her husband, their first date was he took her on the Concorde to Paris. <laughs> and she was saying how they fell in love and I was like, certainly you really did fall in love, but also pretty fucking easy to fall in love. Yeah, also are you on The Bachelor? Because that is... <laughs> Brie and I fell in love at the Den, which was the back bar at Denny's here on Sunset. Like that's where we <laughs> fell in love. And, and, that's and why we it's both, real. We, yeah. Yes. She drank them out of tequila and I drank them out of Jack Daniels and it was time to go. If that's romantic and you guys fall in love in that scenario, I kind of trust it. But do you think it's easier to fall in love with someone having had that crazy experience? There's certainly a truth to it, like like The Bachelor with these like extravagant dates where you're like, of course you're going to fucking fall in love like on a hot air balloon yeah. over the fucking Grand Canyon. Like, <laughs> you know, you're not going to forget that. Yeah. I think the Rome factor, I'm sure, was an element to it yeah, because it's yeah. Italy. It's a, that's Amore, right? Like, <laughs> Italy and well, pizza and food and whatever. But it was obviously more than that for Hayden and I, but there's definite truth to environment. Yeah. Forget the romantic part, which is definitely part of it. But mm -hmm. I would even go further and say it's more like the friendships that are forged in war or on the police force. It's simply incredibly heightened. Yep. And you're sharing this very unique heightened experience with another human being. And just you two now have this shared mm -hmm. experience, which is really unique. And yeah, to be in the Coliseum is like, who are you going to tell that to that will understand, that that had the feelings inside of that privilege? Yeah, no, you're totally right. Or even going through a trauma together, whatever it is that brings yeah. you closer because it's heightened like that. It's this yeah. bond that can't be replicated. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. I'm gathering that you watch The Bachelor, so I'm just going to turn you and Monica loose for like 30 seconds. Do you watch The Bachelor? Yes, I wanted to interrupt and talk about okay, it. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I do it, talk do it. all day. Are you watching it right now? I am, but I'm I'm at Hometowns, but I kind of saw something online, so I already know one of the people that doesn't move on. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil. I'm super bummed about it, though, because they're the one that I thought was like the most genuine, but it's not her. He's not going to pick her. I think they've already broken up. Oh, who we picked? Yes. I think I know who it is. I think he picks Rachel. That's what I think, too, because yeah. he seems the most, like, you know... Attracted to her. Yes. 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 But then I think they've all broken up, and I wonder in this next... You know, you know the whole thing with her and the antebellum and all that stuff? Yes. Mm. I feel like that comes up in next episode. Like, I think he finds out during... I think this all is going to implode next week, and I'm so excited. Oh, okay, that's exciting. Although I will say Matt James is, like, the most genuine Bachelor I've seen. Oh, my gosh, wait till you see Monday's episode. Okay. There's, like, oh. a thing with his dad that's, like, truly... Jess, Marco pulled me, because we normally watch together, yeah. and then I, I came home, and he pulled me, and he was just, like, sobbing. Oh. He was just sobbing on the polo, and he was like, the dad, the short dad. The He's short, really short, the dad. <laughs> the short was, dad. Oh, I'm going to cry. Really I cried when Michelle yeah. saw her students and the student read the letter I, that she wrote her. I was like, why are you not down on one knee? I know. Oh. It's because he's blinded by... He's blinded by... The face. Yep, I know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Michelle will be the next Bachelorette. We should watch together next season. We absolutely should. Guys, I could have gotten completely naked during all that and neither <laughs> of you would have noticed and it crossed my mind. 
That was so th thrilling to watch you guys light up. Rachel, you are lit up like a Christmas tree, like you're nine months pregnant or something. Yeah, no, I could talk about it all day. Two things I want to bring up just to add a little fuel to this bachelor thing. Monica, tell Rachel about our trip to Turks and Caicos because Monica at this point has met every single A-list human being alive through being friends with Kristen and I has yet to be excited once. Go, Monica. <laughs> we were in Turks and Caicos and have you watched all the seasons or are you your spotty? I'm pretty well versed. Okay. So my favorite season is Molly and Jason and Melissa. That was well, pre my time, but I know who they are. <sighs> Oh my God. That was my first season in and I oh, loved never it so forget much. It. I'll never forget it. I downloaded episodes of it after on iTunes so I could rewatch whenever I wanted to. And I rewatched like many times. I loved it so much. <laughs> and Molly and Jason were at the same resort we were at in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> and I found it on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, I think, I think they're here. Oh, my God. Well, because she stalks them on Instagram. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I follow them. <laughs> follow. I call yeah, of them course. Stalk. <laughs> and then there was some event that Dax and Kristen had to go to, and it was like, oh, they're going to be there. I was just sweating. Like, so excited. Oh, my and, God. But I was like, I can't eat them. Like, that's... <laughs> I, what do I, I will say? I handle it. Yeah. I totally get it. No, the starstruck factor. The Bachelor people, I think for me, other than Larry David, who I... Couldn't, mm -hmm. I had to run the opposite direction. Other than him, it's the bachelor world for me. She was on Curb this year. <gasps> a very quick scene. Isn't yes, that was... amazing? I was so jealous. Oh my, I'm so jealous. It was very exciting. For that me, shut the so... fuck up. We haven't been on Curb and you have, so yeah. shut up. That's true. It was very exciting. It was very, very exciting. If I had to use a one word to describe Monica's experience at Turks and Caicos, I would use the word preoccupied. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I want to go to one more thing that Monica just informed me about last week, and my head was spinning about this detail. Of course, it makes sense, but I had never considered it, which is there is a weekend where he just fucks all of them. Like he, but one after another, he like fucks all yep. three of them. Yep. And that's just wild that that's on TV. And I just can't, it must be so weird to be like girl number three. And you're like, oh, these are. you know, I had talked to Nick Vile about it, and oh. he told me. It doesn't always go down. Okay. And in his okay. season, I feel like he maybe only slept with the girl that he proposes to. Really? Four or five of them. Oh. I think so. Okay. But a lot of the times, I think they do. But you're right, Dax, because I've thought about that. Like, if you know she has the first date, they have I to keep it a secret. Because no girl's going to be like, all right, I'm going to be sloppy seconds, sloppy fourths. You know? like yeah. that's a, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. So they have to. I'm pretty sure they keep them sequestered. Uh, no, they don't. They, they don't? don't? Because, like... No. So Monday was fantasy suites. Of course, I arrive, I land, and I'm like, so I got to watch The Bachelor at 8. <laughs> and they're like, okay, like, we'll watch. And we're sitting. My dad's like, so what is happening? What is this? And I was like, <laughs> Her dad oh. is from India, Rachel. You need to <laughs> oh know that God, part. Okay. I think that's relevant yeah, he here. Has, he didn't know when I said, hey, look for me. I'm in tie-dye. I'm in a tie-dye outfit. He's like, I, I don't know what that is. But anyway, <laughs> so... We're sitting down and he's like, okay, what is this? And I was like, well, there's three girls left and he, he has fantasy suite dates with them. So he's going to have sex with all of them. And he's like, <laughs> and then he just sat there for a second. He was like, I'm leaving. Yeah. He went to the other room. <laughs> okay. So I think this is misogynistic, but I got to say, it feels even weirder that when it's flipped. So if, if you're the guy, if I'm the guy and I'm going third <laughs> to the girl, the bachelorette, I'm getting into that suite and I'm like, 
her vagina probably hurts. Like she's worn out. Like I'm going to be getting in there. Right. Oh, they do. I don't know if it's a full week, but I think it's like a day. You got to take a rest day. Well, that's what I'm saying. If I'm third, I'm like, this thing's been getting hammered for the last three days straight. And now I got to get in here and try to give some pleasure and make my mark and convince her I'm great at this. I mean, it feels a little different for the guy. Like no one goes in and is like, this guy's penis is probably sore. That just is not a thought you have. That's not an issue. Well, no, Hannah Brown, not. wasn't it like four in one night? Yeah. Doesn't she talk oh, about yeah. that? She Wait, does, yeah. one of the gals plowed four dudes in one night? No, no one no, dude same four guy. times. Yeah. Oh, wow. I got to get on this show. But he didn't win. He did not right? win. I yeah. mean, he won that night, but he did not win the show. He, did. he won the he night, was... but not the war. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, they are starting a he... senior version, which I feel I like. Saw that. I know, which I feel like I would fall into because these people are 21 years old. So I'm like, is the senior version like 39? Because then maybe I could yeah. go on it. The geriatric. <laughs> oh, man. So are you single right now? I am. Okay. Have you ever played with the idea of joining that Raya thing? No. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people are on it. For people who don't know about Raya, it's like a dating site it's a dating platform. App. Yeah. For people who have some public notoriety, I guess, of varying degrees. and I think my boyfriend was on it, Ben. Oh, yeah, Ben Affleck fucking was on Raya. I was on it for Monica and Jess. I had to join it as a challenge. I hated it. I don't know. If I were a gal, I most certainly would want to fuck a professional athlete. Like, if I was just going to have a one-night stand, I would go on there shopping for a professional athlete. That seems like it would be really a fun. Strictly quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have CTE and then kill you. Well, yeah, that's a problem. Something to look out for. Only if you turn it into... By the way, one of the Bachelors was a football player. Do you think he had CTE? I watched the one where Aaron Rodgers' brother was on. Oh, yeah, yeah he was ben on. Rogers, and they're still yes. together, by the way, and engaged. Are they? Yes. Oh, my God. Just like Soon Yi and Woody. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, Rachel, I adore you. And it was um, so I hope good everyone listens to Welcome to the OC, Bitches. It sounds very, very fun. <laughs> and I think it'll be huge because there's so many OC lovers. And what could be more fun? If there was a podcast about 90210, you can bet your ass I would be involved with every episode. Well, there probably okay. is, Dax. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> All right, well, Rachel, so it was fun so to good. see you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, good luck with everything. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Bye. And now my favorite part of the show: the fact check with my soulmate Monica Padman. Stroke it slowly. What a gross song. Do you think it's gross? Or yeah. You like, yeah, it's really it's gross. Like not what I want to talk about. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Rachel Bilson. Oh, RB? <gasps> RB. Roast beef. Arby's. Do you know what Arby's means? I was thinking of RBG. RBG, the original gangster. The original Ginsburg. <laughs> but you're thinking of Arby's beef and cheddar, horsey sauce. Oh, man. Yeah, first of all, I don't think everyone realizes Arby's. Is phonetically spelled R-B. I know. I like that. Roast beast. <laughs> That's what it stands for. Roast beast. Uh, and we were talking about the sauces today. And Monica, in general, isn't a horseradish person. And I really am. Yeah. And then we got curious about how does horse even get involved in that? I'm going to guess. Okay. It's a radish that horses love to find and dig up and root around in and eat. Okay. 
and they prefer them. They prefer those spicy ones. The word horseradish is attested in English from the 1590s, formerly used in a figurative sense to mean strong or coarse, and the word radish. Okay, so a strong-tasting radish. Okay, so, yeah, horse used to be the high watermark for strength, I guess. Right. Now we have steam engines. Oh, in German it's called Mirak. And in Japan, it's called wasabi. So we have a, we have a big thing to talk about. Uh oh, Kirsten Dunst. Oh right. How old was she? We can mm -hmm. figure this out. Okay. All right. Fast math time. So yeah, this is FMT. She is thirty eight now. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So thirty eight, twenty one. That's seventeen. So she was born in eighty three. Okay. Okay. Continue. All right. What year was the movie film? Actually, ooh. What was? When she was, was born in eighty two. Okay. Yeah, that could go either way. April. Right. Okay. April eighty two. Her. Yeah. In, in in next week. Next week. Correct. Interview with the vampire was in ninety four. So that would make her eight. No, ninety four. That make her ten. It says she was eleven. But none of these add. None of these <laughs> add up. <laughs> she said. The actress gave him a peck on the lips for the 94 interview with the vampire in one of her first big screen roles ever. Now that it's been 25 years since the gothic romantic horror film was released, she still stands by her original reaction on shooting the scene. In her words, quote, Yeah, it was gross. I stand by that. It would have been so much creepier if an 11-year-old was like, It was great. You'd be like, There's something wrong with this child. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be like when you have to kiss your uncle on the lips leaving the family reunion. Mm -hmm. I hated it so much because Brad was like my older brother on set and it's kind of like kissing your brother. It's weird because he's an older guy and I had to kiss him on the lips. So it was gross. Mm. All right. Well, it doesn't sound like she loved it. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't. It's gross. Yeah. Is it illegal? Um, it's obviously not illegal or people would be in jail. But... That doesn't mean it's not gross or inappropriate. I don't know if it's inappropriate. I don't know. I don't I think that scene would happen today. I don't either. They maybe do it digitally. What do you do if you want to write a story about a 300-year-old vampire that became a vampire when she was 11? Yeah. I don't know what you do. I guess you can't tell that story. Or that you don't weird. have kissing in it. I don't yeah, maybe know. it's just intimated. Or maybe the, the older male's reflecting on their kissing and lovemaking True. to another adult. Yeah, or, yeah, CG. <laughs> we have the technology. Oh, my God. Think how about uh, this is a great moral thought experiment. What if they could just make her CG and then they had a full-on sex scene? No, <laughs> okay, no, okay, no, okay. no, 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 no. But it's a robot. It's, it's a, really easy to say no to that. It's just animation. Nope. Okay. Have you watched Bling Ring? No. Me either, but I wanted to after we talked about <laughs> Me this. too. We should watch it. Okay, put it on. Okay, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember hearing that and being pretty fascinated by it. Yeah. There's no way Rachel could have a positive view of that no. movie. You know, no. it'd be impossible. But again, I just thought of myself being in Michigan at 17. I would like that. Yeah, totally. Okay, so you said that she went to Notre Dame. And I just wanted to be clear. That's a... High school? That's a high school. Yeah, not the yeah. college. No. A whole bunch of actors didn't go to Notre Dame, the college. No. Although some certainly have. Yeah, sure. Not a lot. I'm sure one or two have. Rudy. <laughs> Remember Rudy? Yeah, Rudy, the movie took yeah, place at yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. 
Those but actors not, went to not Sean Astin or John Favreau. He was in that. Oh, okay. How old was Britney Spears in the Ed McMahon clip. star search clip? Ten. 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 She was on it in '92. Okay. When was she born? He was like seven. '82. He was what seventy. In '92, let's find. Oh God, this is a math heavy episode. This is a math rabbit hole. Okay, so '92, and he was born in '40 something. I bet he was. Oh my God, he was born in 1923. (laughs) Okay, so seven then thirty. Uh, that's uh, what what year? It was '92, and he was born in 1923. Okay, so we'll say 22 to 92 would be 70. So he's 69. Mm. Yikes. Yuck. And he looks 74. Yeah. A different time. He's from Detroit. Oh. <laughs> well, we didn't need to say that. <laughs> well, he was beloved. <laughs> he was, he was. But he did ask a girl if he could be, be his, his boyfriend. Yeah. Be but he boyfriend. didn't, yeah. That was like a common thing to say to kids. It was. Yeah. <laughs> You'd go, are you married? And they'd laugh. Because they're too young to be married. Sure. And then you'd say, like, you want to get married? And then they'd laugh or get creeped out, I guess. And they'd be like, no, for real. And they'd be like, I love you. Let's get married. It would get progressively. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think his name was Edwin or Edward? Edward. But that feels like a trick question. Like, why would you even ask me that <laughs> if his name wasn't Edwin? It is Edward. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a double trick yeah. question. It yeah. Was, it was a trick within a trick. Yeah. Okay, um, you said you loved iRobot, but it's Mr. Robot. There we go. When was Instagram launched? Because you said that the bling ring probably came out before Instagram. Mm-hmm. 2010. Yeah, it was way before that. And bling ring came out. Well, forget the movie. The actual crimes happened in 2006. Oh, right. The movie came out in 2013, actually. Mm. But okay, yeah, the crimes. Yeah. That's when the dump was taken in her house. I can't believe that. That's pretty gangster. I'm sorry that happened, but no, it's also not. Someone took a poop in your house and you did not like it. <laughs> Who did? A homeless gentleman. Oh, okay. Let's be clear. A homeless gentleman, presumably homeless. Someone was living in the house when it was uh, under construction, and they pooped in a bathtub and left the poop in the tub. I think this person pooped in the toilet and flushed it. How would they have? Oh, yeah, because she told. Yeah, because she didn't come home and discover a turd in her bathtub. Yeah. It was revealed in her testimony or something. But I don't, I'm trying to think, would I rather have someone poop in my tub right now across the street? Right. That is going to be removed anyway. Yeah. Or someone break into my house and poop in my active toilet? I think I would pick my. Deserted house. Correct. Yeah. I don't want to have to see the poop. Well, I saw it, and I had to dispose of it. Yeah, that part I don't like. Yeah, well, well I want to tell that story really quick because okay. I think it was one of my, my best moments of clairvoyancy. So here's a brag. Showing Ryan Hansen the house. He had never been. That's right. And we didn't live in it. It was just, you know, we had just got it. And we're in one of the bedrooms, and I noticed, like, man, there's a lot of, there's more stuff in here than I remember. Sure. There's, like, the big trash can, and there seems to be some, like, work clothes and, like, maybe a rake and some shit. Yeah. And some um, acetone bottles, which is what people huff. Acetone or acetone? Uh, maybe acetone. Yeah, acetone. Asshole tone. <laughs> and I said to Ryan, oh, my God, there's I think there's more stuff in here. Like someone's been in here. And he goes, do you think someone's sleeping in here? And I immediately said, 
if there's a poop in the bathtub, someone's sleeping here. Mm-hmm. We walked directly into the bathroom, and by God, there was a fucking poop in the bathtub. I couldn't believe you you did that. Until you said the reason you knew is because you've been in that position. No, the reason I knew is that if you're living in a house and you have no respect for it, mm-hmm. why would you? So you're going to either walk out of the house into the cold at night because it was in the winter. There's a toilet, isn't there? No, none of the toilets worked. They were actually ripped out. Oh, okay. So your options are go outside at night where it's cold yeah. and, and lean against something and uh, evacuate outdoors. Sure. Or sit comfortably on the edge of a bathtub and evacuate. Yeah. You're definitely picking that. Yeah. Okay. So maybe what you said is that's what I would do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said. That's and how I come to every conclusion. Is I think of like, what would I do if I was living in this house? I bet WWD. I would have pooped. <laughs> yes. I would poop in the bathtub <laughs> inevitably. Like maybe even the first few nights he did go outside. And then one night he was like, he's huffing all that acetone. <laughs> like, I'm not fucking going outside. I might trip. I'm going to go get comfy. It could comfy. have been a girl. I wish we knew. I would like it more if it was a girl. Yeah, because you had to clean it, and you probably would have liked to clean a girl's. I know it's so it's so stupid, but it's true. (laughs) I I think all humans would rather clean a girl dump, even girls. Yeah. Yeah. I would. The poop is poop. I know. The human body turns food into the exact same thing, whether it's coming out next to a set of testicles or or some menorah majora. Oh boy, I think it's just (laughs) because boys are gross. gross. Like they Mm -hmm. they eat all kinds of crazy shit and. Their asses smell. And then they don't wipe well. Well, <laughs> I don't know if we can say that, but. I will. Well, they have more hair in there. Like men have hairy butts. Some women have hairy butts. <laughs> yes, but proportionally, men have much hairier butts. I don't know. Than- I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> well. I really don't. I have seen a tremendous amount of female butts and male butts. And male butt- butts are generally <laughs> covered in hair. The butt cheeks covered. The cheek, the inside, the taint, the perineum, oh the my anus. God. Enough, enough. Okay, it's just hair galore back there. Generally for boys, it's not hair galore for women. Well, because girls have to shave and wax and all this. But they don't stuff. shave their butt cheeks. Women <laughs> some don't. Some might. Get, some people might. I know, and I, I'm not trying to shame those people. I'm just saying in general, we both know that women don't get <laughs> super hairy butt cheeks. I guess mostly, but some people do, and that's okay. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um. My house apparently has a bunch of coyotes living there. In it? Outside. And oh. then they go inside for a break. <laughs> <laughs> they are living in, those bushes. in the backyard. How did you find that out? Because Audra went um, with the designer and mm-hmm. the neighbor came out and was like, hey, be careful because coyotes a, have found a, a home There's a pack there. of coyotes in your backyard? Is that scary? Yes. No. Well, no, but. Do I they mean, hurt people? No. They don't ever. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope they don't love it and like come live with me. They'll keep the skunks away. And you don't have a dog. So. I know. I was going to say, like, what if I turn them into my pets? Your and dogs. I was, yeah. I was one of those people who, who like. You'd be called the Los. Exotic animals. Well, no, I think you'd be, you'd be known uh, around town as the Los Feliz Coyote Woman, which is a cool moniker. Oh. All right. I'll consider it. Mm-hmm. Don't rule it out. Okay. Don't have a knee jerk reaction, you know, out of fear. Okay, thank you. They could totally protect your house. Like if they really came to love you and you fed them a lot and groomed them. Yeah. Snuggled them. If there was an intruder, they would go berserk. That's what people think when they have tigers. Do they? Yeah. They think it's for home protection? I think they think a lot of things. I think they think. Well, they think they can tame it in the way that if I I thought I could tame a coyote. I know what I think and I don't mind offending tiger owners, Okay. Okay. 
they had someone in their life that was mercurial and unpredictable, and they're trying to repair the damage of that relationship with this exotic, crazy, threatening, violent animal. They think if they can tame that thing, they'll have tamed the person in their childhood that was crazy and unpredictable. Yeah, I think that might be part of it. I think it's also it's kind of the obsession some women have with certain men where it's like, I can change them. Mm -hmm. I'm the person that can change them. They'll change for me. And I think women who have that generally had dads that they had wished had changed for them and didn't. So I'm sure that's some people for sure. Speaking of falling in love, so you said you fell in love with Brie at the Den. Oh, the Denny's Den. The Denny's had a bar in back, this one right here at Sunset. And the bar was called The Den. But there is also a bar on Sunset called The Den. It's not that? No, this was this was in the back of Denny's. Oh and you could smoke God. cigarettes in there. And we were both heavy smokers when we were 20 and And 19. you guys met there? No, our first date was there. We met and she had a boyfriend. I had a girlfriend. But we liked each other, but we didn't do anything. And then it was Thanksgiving. And we're both in L.A. with nobody. Yeah. And it's Thanksgiving. And so my mom said, why don't you take yourself out with my credit card and have a good meal? So I called Brie and said, I have a, a credit card. Put on your very nicest clothes. I'm going to take you somewhere special. I wore a suit. I picked her up and she was in virtually a prom dress. Wow. And we went to Denny's Den on Thanksgiving oh, Day and God. both killed a fifth of our favorite liquor wow. and smoked a trillion cigarettes and ate turkey dinner. They have turkey there? Yeah, they got like a... Well, I don't want to say terrible. You know, they, they have like turkey and gravy oh, and mashed potatoes and stuff. wow. And it was, it's probably the funnest date I've ever had in my life. I mean, wow. it, it, at Denny's on Thanksgiving, getting pie-eyed in the middle of the afternoon, <laughs> eating that food. Pie-eyed. That's a ding, ding, ding. Mm. Or is that, what does pie-eyed mean? Drunk. Okay, yeah, but yeah. pie for Thanksgiving. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I told you, and we left, we had drank them out of our favorite. For me, wow. it was Jack Daniels. I had drank, there was no more Jack Daniels. Oof. And she was drinking some kind of tequila and they had run out of that. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. Did your mom, so she didn't want to spend Thanksgiving with you. She had come here to spend Thanksgiving. No, with you. I had a credit card for emergencies. That was her credit card. Oh, I see. And she said, take the emergency credit card and go have a God. really nice Thanksgiving dinner. she was here for Thanksgiving and said, here, take my credit card and go. And uh, What? Okay. No, that would be bizarre yeah. as hell. Okay. I see. Oh. Yeah. Because I, I, I always went home for Christmas. So I think maybe I wasn't going to go home for Thanksgiving sure. right before. That's what I do. Yeah. But I didn't have anything to do. That's really funny and cute. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought you were talking about The Den, which is a bar on Sunset that Rachel and I loved because we heard that Jason Siegel would go there. Mm. So we would try to go to scout out for Jason Siegel. <laughs> I actually I forgot about that. I've never had a friend that was so <laughs> star obsessed as you. It's so cute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you have. They're just probably not as honest as I am. That's possible. What other places did you go to? Because you heard people went there. Mm, I mean, when I first visited with Anthony, before we lived here, um, we went to the Ivy. Oh, wow. And ate? Uh-huh. That's expensive. Yeah, I doubt we <laughs> ate very much. We probably like split us out. I remember he had a really bad headache that day. Mm. And I was like... <sighs> Don't spoil this for me, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Breath Ivy. We're, We're going to see Brad cool. Pitt. Yeah. 
Um, Although you didn't see anyone, right? No, no, one, no one really goes. To no, the it, I have never eaten at the Ivy. Yeah, <laughs> in my yeah. life after that. Where else would I go to see and be seen? To see and be seen. We go to see and be seen headquarters. Like, did you ever f- figure out where Ben Affleck or Matthew Damon hung out? I think I tried to find out where they lived, but I couldn't. Okay. I think they live in. Palisades. Yes, yeah. I think I did learn it was in the Palisades, and I'm not close to that location. Th- that's not our side of town. No, I'll keep thinking on it if there are more locations. Yeah, just maybe that's something you update us on okay. throughout the years. Okay, I have to imagine there's more. There, there has to be. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of even I had. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't go anywhere and spend money, and that's probably the only thing that kept me from doing that. Well, we were also, you know, Rachel and I were, we, we wanted bo- boyfriends and mm-hmm. we, we loved Jason Siegel and right, maybe yeah. he could be our boyfriend. Sure, sure. And, <laughs> and if he couldn't be our boyfriend, maybe there was someone at the den who could be our boyfriend. Right. Or no one was our boyfriend there. And you never saw Jason Siegel there, I can't imagine. I did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, well. That's all. I think I almost went to a bar. Oh, this is a good story. Okay. I may have already told it on here. Let's but hear it. Scotty Johnson, one of my best friends. He was my best friend in LA. I love him so much. He moved back to Michigan. He looks a lot like Kiefer Sutherland. He does. And he used to even more. Aha. Uh-huh. And so he was at a bar in Silver Lake. And he's in the bathroom washing his hands. And all of a sudden, Kiefer Sutherland straddles up next to him to wash his hands. No, And Scotty says, listen how clutch this is. Scotty just looks at him and he goes, you get sick of hearing you look like Scott Johnson. Oh. And Kiefer loved it. And they partied all night. And he went back to Kiefer's house. Wow, Scotty. Of course he did. Scotty is the best personality. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it crossed my mind that I wanted to go to that bar and like mix it up with Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> but I, I never did. Well, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. What a great opener, right? Great. Oh, clutch, great clutch. I do remember one time when Callie was, I had just moved, Callie came to visit and we went to, <laughs> we went to Chateau Marmont. Oh, yeah. We went to the bar. But I just remember it was so god damn stressful trying to figure out parking. Oh, I don't know how you got in. No, we had to valet, which was like probably $40, and I had no money. It takes 25 minutes to... I can feel the stress. Like, I remember being like, this is a nightmare. What am I doing here? Yes. What am I doing in this city? Yes. I do not belong here. Well, that place in particular is very intimidating. John Belushi died there. Again, I've only, I've never been to that bar again, and I've only been to the Chateau one other time with Me. our friends for dinner for my birthday. Yeah. That was an accident. It's fun, wasn't it? We were trying to go to a, um, a escape, escape room, room <laughs> and it was scheduled for the wrong day. So we decided to just go next door to have dinner. Just happened to be right there. Why? Well, I, I, I said, let's go over to Chateau and have the spaghetti. I saved that birthday party. Thank you. You're welcome. And then we saw War Dogs. Because Kristen hates that place. Oh, I thought you hated it for some reason in my head. I love it. Oh, you do? I love it. But it's so, it is so CNBC. Like there is something about it that I, I get the gross, like I 
get why she doesn't like it, I guess. Yeah. And I would think you wouldn't like it. No. Because it seems hoity-toity. No, because here's what I figured out. So this place opened in L.A., the Soho House. Yes. And I heard from maybe seven or eight other people that they don't like it because everyone there thinks they're so cool. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, when you say that, what you're saying is, I don't feel cool there. That's really what you're saying. You're there mm -hmm. and you start feeling insecure that you're not as cool as everyone. So you go, everyone thinks there's such hot shit there. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't know what anyone thinks there. You don't know what people think. You just feel insecure there because seemingly these people have, well, I don't know what they have, more style or more status or whatever. But the people aren't doing anything. They're just, they're existing and you feel insecure and less than. And so I'm very aware of that now. When I go to places and I'm starting to ramp up and say that kind of thing, like everyone here thinks they're too good for blank. You don't know what anyone thinks. But, but this it, is I not... feel self-conscious that I'm not cool enough to be there or not hip enough or not famous enough or not. That's all. That's my stuff. Yeah. This is not on brand. Just so you know, your whole thing is class warfare, is people being above other people, thinking they're better than other people. That is what's happening. Those people don't think that. But no one thinks that. No, Whenever you're rich, projecting it. Rich people who go to country clubs and talk about how rich they are are actively trying to establish that their worth is their wealth. But that's not what people at Soho that's House are doing. That's not fair to say that the people at the country club are doing it, but the people at Soho House aren't because you happen to like the Soho House and did not like the country club because you grew, grew up there. They're doing, in my opinion, the exact same thing. You can like it or not like it, but No, I just think my thing is more specific than you know it is. Like, what gets you into Chateau Marmont, like, Salman Rushdie was there one night. Like, the first time I ever went there, like, Salman Rushdie was in one corner. I'm like, oh, my God, Salman Rushdie. That's interesting. He's an interesting guy. And maybe Sean Penn was there. And then some other e eclectic, weird, interesting person. Their talents got them there. Their actual contribution into to the— Into a bar? Your talent shouldn't get you into a bar. You're a person on earth and you should be able to go to a bar if you want to go to a bar. And if if you can't. What it, I'm it saying is I look around certain. Very elitist. Concourse to Elegance car show. And it's a bunch of rich guys bidding $59 million for Ferrari. And they didn't even like cars two years ago. And they don't seem deserving of anything because all they did is make money. I don't, I just, I just, I'm not in awe of that. That's not something I'm impressed by. I'm impressed by Salman Rushdie's writing tremendously. Like he, in my opinion, he has an output that is of true value. Not that he yeah, but that, bought but, one stock at a certain price and became a billionaire. Like mm -hmm. that, that, that to me is not. But that doesn't mean he's a more valuable human than another person. No, that what it means mean is there's two exclusive clubs. One of the exclusive clubs, the entry barrier to entry is wealth. And there's another exclusive club where the barrier of entry is creative genius. I would prefer to be around the club that's the barrier to entry is creative genius. Mm. Every time, 10 times out of 10. How about you? What woman? If you gotta go to one I of the I don't like that there's a barrier of entry. Well, at that's all. a reality of a bar that is everyone wants to go to, and they have to turn people away. So that's just a marketplace that's reality. Not, then I just don't want to go to that place. That place is doing something that I think is a problem, which is picking humans over other humans because they 
are quote better because they're in movies or they wrote a book or that like I don't yeah I don't like that and I'm really surprised you do I don't like that what I'm saying is I'm not there going I don't like these people I'm often at like yeah. yacht clubby things where I'm like gross I don't like these people they're bound together because they have money that's not why the people are bound together at Chateau Marmont they're bound together because they have these artistic endeavors and I don't mind that yeah I guess I also I don't like when a whole bunch of artists are sitting around talking about the impact of art or like speaking. I actually, I find it pretty repulsive. Well, I don't think Salman Rushdie was sitting around talking about the impact of his work. Well, He's they just, might. I, when some, Sometimes people are high on their, quote, value. And what their value is, is their artistic output. Sometimes some people can elevate that to a status that I think is silly. Well, yeah, those people are abhorrent. But someone like Sean Penn, who's just this tremendous actor, maybe the one of the best to ever live, is processing the world differently than I am. And that's interesting to me. I would like to know his opinion on many things. A guy who manages a hedge fund, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's he got some cool. He probably does. Like again, I don't think it's fair to say this person had some crazy adventurous life so that makes him more valuable or interesting. I'm sure the hedge fund manager has a bunch of stories and stuff too. I I don't mind saying that I think uh you can put a value on people's contribution to our society. And I think the people who make money on other people's money are contributing less than artists and novelists and poets and stuff. That's my position. Okay. All right. Um, that's fun, all. fun dance. <laughs> 